0: Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrological podcast that comes out every new moon and full moon. And this episode is all about that full moon in Aries. And it's also coincidentally called the Harvest Moon, which is the song you hear behind me now. Enjoy some Neil Young.
1: Come a little bit closer. Hear what I Just like children sleeping We could dream this night away But there's a full moon Cause Because I'm still in love with you I want to see you
0: Welcome back to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new moon and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the full moon in Aries, which is also called the Harvest Moon, which is why we just played the illustrative Neil Young. That is one of my favorite songs, and I have to say that I've been waiting quite a moment to play that. Before we dive into our chat about the transiting full moon in Aries, I feel like it's really important to note that this is our first episode where we now get to revisit a sign, which is a first for us normally, or, well, not normally, but because we were new and still kind of figuring things out, we, every episode was a new thing for us, and so this is the first chance we've had to revisit something, um... So I feel like that's actually really important and poignant in a lot of ways. This podcast started six months ago, along with the new moon in Aries, which was on April 16th. Now we have the opportunity to meditate on those intentions that we set way back when at that new moon and to reflect on how those things have manifested since. So this is where we have that real opportunity to do a deep dive into ourselves, really reflect, do that hard work and get into the meat of it. Since that is what this podcast is really all about, it's really exciting to me to be able to have this opportunity. It's a cool systematic tool for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. And now I feel like for the first time, we really have the opportunity to put that into practice to be able to look at what we were reflecting on six months ago. I like to look at working with lunar energies as a tool for meditation first and foremost, and use the astrological transits as a systematic framework in order to move through the zodiological themes of each sign as a prompt for reflection during meditation. Because ultimately, without meditation, none of us get anywhere. And I'm not even good about doing it all the time, which is why I started this podcast to remind myself to be remindful and to check in with myself and do that work so you can do this a lot of different ways but my favorite way is by observing which house the moon is transiting through on your natal chart and to use the combined themes for that house along with the themes of that particular moon sign to start off your meditation the moon will be in a different one of the 12 houses for everybody depending on your particular natal chart If you're not sure about which house the moon is transiting through for you, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at bloodmoonmilk or get a natal chart reading uh, for free on the internet somewhere. Um, But I love to hear from our listeners. It makes me feel good, like people are actually listening. Um, So don't be a stranger. Say hey if you listen and you enjoy it. Um, I'm always happy to help you out and figure out what is going on and I'm also curious to see how these things kind of manifest themselves in the lives of our listeners. You can tailor your own meditations for yourself as they move through the cycles of the moon. And ultimately, within a year, you hit on every single one of the houses and so the themes for those houses. And you can see how they kind of manifest themselves in your life. And then you have a very logical, bi-weekly system to move through the zodiac but also just be good about meditating and through meditation we tend to level up in our lives with that being said let's talk about the full moon in Aries it's also known as the harvest moon and you know that already because I said it two times before but and you also listen to that wonderful Neil Young song which by the way is seriously one of my favorite songs every time I sing it or <laughs> sing it. I, I do sing it every time I hear it, but uh, I also kind of get a little bit misty and cry just a little bit whenever I hear that song. Um, it just it conjures up all these images of dancing in a field, like, scantily clad under a full moon without any like bonfire or anything and just laughing and having all the fun with all the people I've ever loved or been in love with in my life. And uh, while that's never actually happened because getting all the people I loved into one place is probably impossible at this point. um, But it just, that's what it brings up for me. And uh, also I like to reflect on the idea of the harvest And this is literally the time of the harvest, not just um, physically with crops in, in terms of, you know, ideologically we planted seeds back in april and now we are harvesting those ideas um philosophically speaking through mindfulness and meditation but also like whatever it is that we put in place and put in the ground tended to over the last months when the the warmer months of summer and spring and now we are starting to prepare ourselves for those colder months of winter um it's just really good to be able to embrace all that warmth and kind of revel in what has been successful for you, but also, you know, do the hard work of saying, like, okay, well, this didn't work out the way I hoped it did, but, or hoped that it would, but, you know, what can I learn from that? Well, how can I move forward and be a better version of myself? Because without that, ultimately, you just kind of end up repeating the same shit over and over and over again, and that's the definition of insanity so with that let's get into the sign and transit chat for this episode mars is going to be getting super friendly with this full moon so i like to remember the personality of the planets that we're talking about remember aries is ruled by mars and so there is added get up and go to whatever it is you are releasing in this cycle Remember, full moons are great for embracing whatever it is that you've manifested, but at the same time, allowing to release what it is that no longer serves you. Think back to April 16th. What was going on in your world back then? That's when the new moon in Aries occurred, and whatever it was that you had your hopes and dreams set on manifesting in that time has had all the time it might have needed to come to fruition. Or maybe it hasn't come in the way that you might have expected, but perhaps there was an important lesson that you were meant to learn from the things starting, stopping, or even falling apart. Is there something that you can think of that started during this period of time that started all hot and heavy, but maybe kind of petered out? Or on the flip side, you were able to bring that particular project to completion and all of your wildest dreams in. expectations. And expectations came true. Just do some reflection and think about it. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, and it's a sign of fresh starts, new opportunities, new beginnings, a lot like spring itself. And an Aries new moon is the ideal time to wish for the most fantastic out-of-this-world things with the intent to bring them into reality. This is the energy that was near back in the spring, and an Aries full moon marks the halfway point through the zodiological year, and it's a great place to check in with yourself and to see what it is that you started, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. This full moon brings you a new opportunity, one for a fresh start, but you have to get rid of whatever it is that might be holding you back. Think fiery catharsis on this full moon and let that shit go. Think those things for the essential lessons and the opportunities that came in from those fiery, passionate fresh starts of spring that might have burst forth enthusiastically, but possibly prematurely. That's totally okay if that's what happened. Also, that's pretty typical of Aries energy as well. Maybe getting all hot and heavy was really exciting and it's what you needed in order to get you rolling again, getting you out of that dreamy Pisces energy and wake you up and get your engines firing Maybe going over the myth of Aries will help us all to understand the energy around this sign a little bit more in depth. So let's get into the mythology. Jason of Jason and the Argonauts shows up in his hometown of Iolochus to the man that his and also I'm real sorry if I pronounce that wrong. My Greek is not up to snuff, and I'm the first person to admit that. So uh, please feel free to correct me. And in the future, if I ever go there or ha- meet anybody from there, I'll apologize. And if I ever have a reason to say it again on the podcast, I'll know better. But for right now, um, Jason of Jason and the Argonauts shows up in his hometown of Iolocus to demand to his rude uncle, rude uncle Peleus, return the throne to Jason, the rightful heir. Peleus stole the throne from Jason's father, so it really should be Jason's. Rightful heir, Jason. King Peleus says, sure, no problem, problemo, Jason, but first you have to sail to the distant land of Colchis, and not cold cheese, by the way, it's Colchise, uh, C-O-L-C-H-I-S, and fetch the golden fleece. But Okay, what is this dang golden fleece, and where did it come from, and why do people want it? The golden fleece, from the f- the golden fleece, is from the fleece of a ram, A.K.A. Ares, and the ram was sent by Zeus to rescue two innocent children. So legend has it that when King Athamas of Boeotia took his second wife, she was jealous and resentful of his already existing children, especially his son Phrixus. She plotted the failure of the corn crop. I'm not sure of the details of this, but I'm sure plotting the failure of a corn crop can be done. And also since when is plotting the failure of a crop the way to any man's heart? I'm just saying. Overwhelmed by all this, King Athamas sent a messenger to an oracle to figure out how to deal with the failure of this corn crop. The messenger was intercepted and bribed by the second wife. She had the messenger instructed to say that he had been told that the king's much-beloved son, Phrixus, had to be sacrificed if the people were to escape starvation. The evil bitch. Despite pleadings from the boy's mother, Nephili who apparently was alive and totally down with polygamy uh, at the time. I guess that's the norm. King Athamas agreed to sacrifice his son, but at the very last second, the boy and his sister Hel were saved by a magnificent ram with golden fleece. And yep, this is the ram which represents Ares. The ram was sent by Zeus Probably with some nudging by Hera, who's the goddess of family and marriage, and answered to their mother's prayers. Unfortunately, as this golden ram crossed the narrow stretch of water between Europe and Asia, Hell fell to her death. and actually these straits geographically are still known as Hell's pont. Phrixus was carried safely to the land of Colchis, Colchis. He gave thanks for his deliverance by sacrificing the ram to Zeus, and by giving its golden fleece to King Aetes, the king of Colchis. The king had the fleece placed in a sacred grove of trees, which he had guarded by a fearsome dragon, which never slept. Phrixus later married the king's daughter and remained in exile for the rest of his life, but eventually the fleece was stolen by Jason of Jason and the Argonauts. So, when we think about all of these things... Let's keep in mind that the ram is representative of Aries. The ram isn't perfect in his mission. He lost half the cargo. Uh, poor girl. Um, but it was a brave mission. And nobody would have been saved if something didn't get started. And that's the point in the fiery spirit of Ares. Get started. It might not be perfect. Things might fall away. But it's the journey that becomes legendary and ends up bringing you to the place you need to go because otherwise, everybody's gonna die. Well, actually, I don't know if Hell would have died or Hella would have died. Maybe this is actually just a really patriarchal story. Anyway, think about this when you think of Aries. So the overall theme here really is exploration, confronting issues and feeling like you're not in your rightful place and taking action for it, whether that means escape or pursuing a goal and rising to the occasion and doing what is necessary to save your hide. However, remember, the ram is the inspiration, the magical creature, the beast that was sent by Zeus. And the ram also is fallible it lost half of its cargo. So in that, remember that this is the kind of energy that we're talking about when we're talking about Aries. It's a quick start. It's not perfect, but it might get you where you need to go if you don't fall off on the way. But falling off is a real possibility. We're going to take a quick music break and listen to the song Golden Fleece by Amy Shark. And we'll be right back.
2: I can't have you You only came tonight To test me It's not working I hope you're undressing me With your eyes I don't care if she's here I don't care Have you and This is the highest I've ever been I don't have trouble finding company They always come so easily I broke you down quite easily the air much more lift to life through rotten teeth I know you'll remember me you yeah.
0: That song is so powerful. Let's talk about the high vibes and the low vibes of Aries. Aries can be bright and powerful and super inspiring. Think of all that golden fleece. A super high-functioning Aries can be looked at as a leader in almost everything they do or touch. They can be independent and assertive, and they're like this force for breaking through anything and There's no questioning what it is that they want. They have passion in their eyes when they go after it. When they look at you, when you're you're in a relationship with them or know them and you're on the same wavelength, you have this super intense feeling of, yes, this is going to work and I have no doubt about it. On the flip side, the low side, Aries can be completely lacking in self-identity again think about that ram being sent by zeus to do its bidding right okay beautiful mythical magical creature but being the tool for a higher force They can be tactless and super stubborn, but that's kind of a fire sign quality in general. I don't know what it is about the earlier signs in the Zodiac, but they are all super stubborn. Think about Taurus being super stubborn. Aries can be super stubborn. um, And they can also be really explosive and aggressive as well. That also goes with fire sign, and I think that also goes with um, being the catalyst in the Zodiac for things that get started, get done, and then... You know, like they, whether or not they want to or desire to have this happen, they are change makers. Oftentimes they make change in the way they leave more than they do, um, well, they they can make change coming and going, but um, it's important to think about change as being catalyzed by both action and inaction. So these are diametric forces going in opposite directions that can have equally impactful implications. They can also seek vengeance and definitely make illegal and impulsive decisions, but you know what? They can be fun though. They can be really fun, at least uh, to a higher to to another fire sign. That can be fun. Um, physically speaking, a lot of areas can also have really prominent foreheads. With that being said, um, I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. That you're still listening. So that's a good sign. How can you support us? The main way you can support us, the easiest way that I like to tell people is that you can leave us a review on iTunes, which is one place a lot of people find us, um, or on SoundCloud. You can follow us there um, or just, you know, tell your friends about us. Right now, it's pretty much just me making this thing happen. Um, And so everything that is blood, moon, milk, themed or in the world of blood moon milk is literally just one person on their downtime from their nine to five trying to pursue a dream and every nice thing you say really does make my day say hi don't be a stranger I travel a lot so follow us on Instagram let us know like if there's if you see that I'm going somewhere cool or nearby you and you have a suggestion I love hearing suggestions of places to go or I've even met up with fans for drinks before, and it's always wonderful. It feels like I'm really accomplishing something, even though I'm right now I'm just sitting here in my blanket fort having a glass of wine chatting with all of you in the future. Because, actually, when this comes out, I'm going to be in England. So if there are any British or uh, UK listeners out there, I'll be back... In England for the first time in seven years, uh, when this episode drops, which that's a big deal for me personally. Britain is my second home. I, in a lot of real ways, I, and I I get like a little choked up when I I start to think about it. But I came of, I I was born in Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta, and but I moved to England when I was nineteen or twenty, and um. I lived there for four years and at that point that was a quarter of my life and so I definitely do have a secret identity as like being from Bournemouth and being from London in a lot of ways and at the, still at the same time I'm very American I never really fit in anywhere um, that's a Sagittarius in me um, but so I graduated from University of Bournemouth in 2011 during the middle of During the middle of the recession, a week later, after having spent four years there, I got in a plane and I went back to America and I've, I've made my way in America and, um, you know, as exciting and terrifying as that has been, this is my first chance to go back and see my friends and, catch up. And I, it, I'm i sure it's going to be a super emotional trip. I'm really excited just thinking about it. But I'm, I know I'm going to have some downtime. So if you have some suggestions on cool places to go, I haven't been in London in seven years. Treat me like a tourist. I don't care. I did not live like a tourist when I lived there before. It was I I did everything in my power to make it beneath me and I kind of regret it now. Even if it is just touristy things to do, it doesn't have to be metaphysical or new age or astrology related anyway. Um, reach out, message me, slide into my DMs on that blood moon milk uh, Instagram and just, you know, give me a suggestion even if it's for a good cup of tea. I'll really appreciate it. All right, and with that, let's get into crystal studies. If you've just been kicked in the dick by life or have had a series of unfortunate events befall you, and let's be real, all these eclipses, and there were three of them, there's usually only two, um, there's only three when you're transiting into a new sign or series of eclipses, so it's unusual and particularly intense. It's okay. You know what? It's totally okay. Okay. As long as you haven't killed anybody, and you're surviving, and you're hanging in there, you know, you're living your life, you're moving along, but maybe you're fucking wounded inside, uh, I really suggest for this full moon in Aries, hang out with some bloodstone. You know, it's, this is blood moon milk, and I'm, I'm not afraid of eviscerating the darker side of things, for sure. Um, that's where some of that shadow work comes in. Bloodstone is a powerhouse for restoring and rebuilding the mind and the body. Um, It's a variety of Jasper, which is, we've talked about Jasper before for sure, Um, but it's an essential healing tool for returning your spirit to its natural state of joy. And you really, really need that joy in order to be able to manifest that higher vibrational stuff that you want to work towards, right? Right. Um, So it's also associated with Mars energy, which again is the ruling planet of Aries. So use it to keep your goals stable and positive so that driving, spontaneous, bursting forth energy of Aries can work its purposeful magic and help you to release anything that's no longer needed during this full moon. So you can return to your happy place ASAP. All right. With that being said, let's move into chakras and with this, we're going to focus on the root chakra. It, the root chakra really is the first chakra. It's called the Muladhara and it's the seat of all that primitive life force energy. And that's what I'm talking about when maybe we're not feeling super vital. Like, again, we got kicked in the dick, the metaphorical dick. I don't even have a dick, but I'm going to just talk about my dick because, I mean, what is a clitoris if it isn't a dick? Um, actually there have been some medical studies that say like they're still figuring out female anatomy and the clitoris is actually bigger than most dicks. It's like eight or nine inches long and it extends around the vagina anyway. So if the clitoris isn't a dick, I don't know what is. So with that, let's think of it as, let's think of the first chakra, the muladahara, as that seat of your primitive energy. That's where you really have that rooted foundation into this life and this life force, right? Um, It usually has four petals, if you're thinking of it in a a visual sense. Um, And chakras really have two sides. Any energy vortex has a portal for energy to come in through and then a portal on the other side for energy to come out of. And a lot of people don't realize that uh, old hereditary energy can be blocked up on the back side of your body on your spine like near your spinal column um and this is where old shit gets trapped right so when i do healing work with people um i like to sage people before they come into ritual circles and through that ceremony it, you know it's not even it can be a very quick version of the ceremony but i i have a I guess you could call it a gift of being able to feel people's energetic bodies very s- subtly while I'm staging them and of course I always ask for permission to stage um, but I feel like it's a really important part of our ritual work that we do um, and as I'm doing it you know like I I'm just kind of looking out for their best interest as I'm staging. and through doing that work um sometimes I come across somebody who I feel like has a blockage. Mudahara blockages are really really fundamentally tough to deal with because they are so intrinsic and fundamental to who we are and who who how we move through this planet and this universe. Um so if there's a blockage there, you're going to have real trouble with pretty much every other part of your life. And it's easy to say like, oh, I'm going to go to a healer and they'll heal me. And there are some very, very talented and gifted healers out there who can help you. But ultimately, it's a mental game. And I say game with the utmost respect, because you have to get your mind right in order to be able to channel and focus your energy on lifting, lifting the energetic space of the chakras into a place that is ultimately, the most beneficial for your path forward. But if you are hung up on ego or superfluous problems that are happening, then your chakras will fundamentally become out of balance so that you can then have the opportunity from the universe and it can be thrown at you sideways from left field. Like, you don't know what it is that opportunity, quote-unquote, is going to be. But shit's going to knock you off your pedestal and you are going to have to, like, sink or swim. And that's where, like, karma and even if you really fuck up with your root chakra, you can die and then you have to reincarnate – and really struggle with those lower vibrational energies to get them right and so when we think about this time of year and maybe we're like all this shit happened licking my wounds spending that time with the bloodstone can really help but focus your energy on that root chakra that mudalahara i really hope that serves you well and while you're thinking about your meditation, your mindfulness, we've talked about the sign, we've talked about the moon, we know that it's a full moon, we know that it's an Aries, we've heard some good tunes, but let's again reiterate what this is all about, right? It's mindfulness meditation for manifestation. So let's give ourselves some questions and some framework to build on for your mindfulness meditation, right? I'm assuming that Maybe even if you like you, maybe you don't have a chance to sit down and meditate every full moon and every new moon. I don't. I put this podcast out and I work a nine to five. I travel a lot and I try to have a social life, um, which a lot of times leaves me lacking. But I'm finding more and more that this podcast is actually my meditation and this is actually my ritual. And it's becoming clearer to me this is actually a year long lunar ritual for me. And so I've committed to doing this until the f- full moon in Pisces in early spring late winter and I'm I'm in it you guys. This is part of my mission. Let's talk about some questions that we can pose to ourselves while taking time to look within ourselves to reflect and connect with our higher selves. Or as I like to think of it, it's actually consciousness, our higher consciousness to really find out what it is that's going on under the hood. So we have a more conscious opportunity to manifest the life we desire and manifesting is real work, but it also really does work. So don't forget to connect to that root chakra. Let go of any unnecessary heaviness that's holding you back from becoming the best version of yourself that you want to be. It's also best to start your meditations entering from a state of gratitude when working towards manifesting anything new. So even if there has been some kind of kick in the dick, or falling out, or abrupt ending of something you felt was critically important to your path forward, I bet there's something you can be grateful for from the experience, even if it's simply (laughs) that you're fucking grateful that it's over. And here's your mindfulness questions for manifestation and meditation. What worked out for me since that new moon in Aries back in April? What have I been working towards since then that meant so much to me? Also, have I been particularly hot-headed or argumentative with others? Have I been too competitive with others? Or do they even know that I've been competing with them? Think back to that second wife queen in the story of the Golden Fleece. She is competing with children of another marriage when the king was already in love with her and then she goes and conspires to ruin crops and kill people. Don't be that person, right? How can I find balance between my needs and my need to explore and those needs of the people around me who I care about And I'm in some kind of relationship with and you know this doesn't necessarily mean romantic relationship This can totally be platonic or familial relationship as well What is it that i've done that makes me feel brave? Have I taken enough risks? Have I explored my inner world as well as my outer world? I know some of the answers to these questions for myself because i'm on my journey But I would love it if you guys would take a risk and tell me yours. How have you explored your world? How have you felt brave? I'm gonna leave you all on this full moon with a song by this particular artist that brought him a lot of success. But it was only after trying to do the things the way other people wanted him to, that he found success. Waylon Jennings never fit into anybody else's box, even though he was incredibly talented from the get-go, He went to Nashville and everybody else figured he had it made when he went, but he didn't really find commercial success that he was looking for. And he eventually left the producers in Nashville. They all wanted him to wear these sequined cowboy suits and do things the way that they had been done. And they kind of had a formula for, um, they kind of wanted him to be this pop star, but actually he was this true outlaw anti-hero. It wasn't until he had the right people on his team that really supported him when he really hit his stride. He was frustrated with people trying to tell him how to sing the kind of songs he wanted to sing. They weren't letting him perform the way he wanted to. All the record executives wanted to try to recreate the success of Hank Williams. Hank Williams Sr., the good one, the original. There will never be another. But that's the point. There will never be another. So don't try to do it that way. Do it your way. Find the people that make sense for you to work with. It wasn't until Waylon Jennings actually left Nashville and found his tribe, so to speak, that he was able to fully express himself artistically and, through these kinds of outlaw country music songs, found his unique version of success. And it was actually the questioning of everybody else's motives and the artistry behind the process that he was being asked to perform that didn't really feel authentic to him, that he found literal success. And so so think of that the ups and downs and the roller coasters that it might have occurred since that new moon in Aries back in the springtime by questioning an internal reflection, I hope that you s- hope that you find the same measure of success as Wayland Jennings did.) <laughs>
3: It's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. Got it made old Hank made it here. We're all sure that you will, but I don't think Hank done it this way. No. I don't think Hank done it. I don't think Hank Dunham
0: been a little while since I've reminded listeners of this, but we do have a Spotify playlist that you, you can follow. If you like the music that we play here and would like to support the artist or the artists and their residual entities, like, you know, Waylon Jennings tonight, um, he's dead, but, you know, his family and his work still lives on, um, and you can support them by listening to our playlist and, uh, follow us there. Just search for Blood Moon Milk and maybe one day uh spotify will actually play our podcast it's a long shot but we'll see uh it'd be great if that happened though by the way for real spot spotify come on you're the only place that doesn't have it also stick around for this full moon's interview session with dr amy king chiropractor and reiki extraordinaire